What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Sheehan Show here on Shardog.com. My name is Sean Sheehan, and today I am back with another review for the year, and this time I'm looking at Cage Warriors, um, the biggest... I would say European League that has been around for a good few years, producing fighters, giving fighters to the UFC, building names, building champions. Um, you know, okay, there's a bit of argument for maybe a few other places, the likes of KSW and that, but Cage Warriors have really led the way worldwide, I would say, in what they have chosen to do, in the path that they have chosen to take. Uh, and it was another good year for Cage Warriors. So I start all of these by talking about maybe the year from from my opinion. Then we look through some of the cards and maybe then we look through to um, the future as well. So Cage Warriors had 16 cards this year spread across um, Europe and the US as well. It, and I would say that, first of all, that, that, that um, divide. It does feel like there is a divide there. Like, even me, myself, I haven't watched all of the American cards. I've watched uh, all or, or, you know, 90% maybe of the uh, the fights on the, the European cards. But it does feel like there is a divide. Now, it's going to be late at night, maybe clashing with, you know, maybe a Bellator or a PFL or the UFC or whatever it might be. Maybe not necessarily the UFC, but it, maybe it's a little bit harder for us Europeans here. Maybe, I, I don't know, maybe it's the other way around. Maybe it's tougher to watch the European fights for the American viewers and uh, it's easier to watch the, uh, the US fights. But there does seem to be that divide. Although, you know, with fights... Um, you know, with, with some of the fights that they have, with some of the fights that are putting on with the guys like Wilson Ace, Ricky Mendez, I think it's going to be harder and harder for me, you know, not to watch them. And, you know, I watch a lot of MMA these days, so <laughs> sometimes being able to avoid things is good. But um, with Cage Warriors, they put on such a good product. They do things so well. And that is a major part of, I think, why they're successful. Like, if you think about it with Cage Warriors... I don't think any other promotion has a, as consistent a product as them, right, over years. Their commentary, really good. Like Brad Wharton, in my opinion, you know, you have John Anik, number one. It's it's very hard to say that Brad Wharton isn't number two. He's fantastic at his job. I'm a little bit biased, obviously, I have him in the show all the time. But that aside, I think most people agree. You know, he is absolutely fantastic. Obviously, the likes of, of John Gooden and Sean O'Connell and others do great jobs as well, but Brad is, is right up there. You know, they've had Dan Hardy for a section this year. Obviously, now he's with PFL, but they've, you know, the Raspberry Ape over there. They've had Paul Redmond. They've had um, Paddy Pimblett coming in there as well. well. And there's, I suppose, that mix, but also the consistency. So that's exactly what you want. You know, they have, you, you know, I, I interviewed Graham Boylan this year, and he, he talked about the, the production. And he gave a great insight into that. And he's one of the very few people who actually will give an insight into that and tell you the truth, even if you don't like it. You know, I was I was giving out about they, they didn't have post-fight interviews. Like, look, we have a certain amount of time in a certain amount of slots in a certain amount of places. And we have to get this done. And we and I don't just, look, I don't hundred percent necessarily buy that and think maybe there could be ways around it. But he told me it from his point of view, he told me how he believes it and, and I understand it. And they have worked around it very well, and I'm not even worked around it. They've worked, uh, they've worked a structure, and the structure works. You know, the structure absolutely works for them. They get their fights in and out very quickly. And another another part of this as well, and maybe this is something maybe only I would see possibly in a few more. The officials that they get are top notch. They like 
they bring in the best officials from the UK. They pay them their money, I'm sure. They, you know, whether it's the judges or the, you know, the referees. Mark Goddard is off, uh, uh, was there, obviously, and the likes of, you know, Darrell Ransom, David Leatherby, Ben Cartledge, uh, Wes Brown, um, and, and a few more as well. The, the best judges from around. They get this, all of that adds together for a promotion like that doesn't have the clout in terms of the money or the, the prestige, prestige is a weird word, but like they're not on ESPN plus, you know, they're not on Sky Sports, they're not on BT Sports or anything like that. Well, for them to put out the product that they do is, is really, really impressive, like fantastically impressive. And you only realize that when you go and watch other promotions or you, you know, you watch new promotions or even to some extent, like there, there's promotions out there. Uh, and maybe I, I won't name names here and gets again trouble or them, but um, top promotions don't have as good of a production schedule as they really don't. Um, there's two other points I want to just touch on before I I move on and look at at some of the cards. Um, it's been if you're to review this year for Cagewars in in one word, I think it has probably been rebuild. Uh, they've had I suppose they started rebuilding and they've continued to rebuild but that's what Cage Warriors is you know Cage Warriors is the place that provides the fighters to the UFC you know they had Michael Bisping Dan Hardy went to the UFC they had Conor McGregor went to the UFC they had Ian Gary went to the UFC they had Paddy Pimlet went to the UFC and on and on and on over the last year maybe a little bit more what they've had you know they've lost Basically, all of their champions, if you think about it, like Christian Eira, Duncan, the middleweight champion, went. The light heavyweight champion, Modestus Pukowskis, went. Um, the uh, welterweight champion, who was Ian Gary, went. In the other welter- welterweight champion, who was Reese McKee, went. And there's probably a few names now here I'm forgetting, but lightweight, George Hardwick, he's back now, but he went for obviously for the, the contender series. Kaelin Lochran went, the, the uh, 125 pound champion. It's just crazy that the 145 pound champion, Paul Hughes, didn't go, but. You know, and then you had talk about flux, talk about rebuild. The 135 pound champion moved down to 125 to try to win the title, didn't win it. Then we had a new 135 pound title. Then he a champion. Then he went to the UFC, and now we've again a new 135 pound champion. So there's been so much flux, so much rebuilding. But that's what Cage Warriors is all about. Now, in my opinion, right now where they are, I feel like is is at a stage where they're making challengers who I think will beat the champions. Right, and now I I don't want to name any names because that's a little bit unfair to the guys who hold the belts at the moment. And I think they're they're all good guys. I'm just looking at the champions here in front of me: at flyweight Shad Shack, uh, at uh, at bantamweight Liam Gittins, George Hardwick at lightweight with the interim champion Paul Hughes, then Giannis Bashar at welterweight, and Dario Belandi at uh, a middleweight as well. Like all good fighters, and all people who better watch themselves because there's some very good fighters coming up as well. The next part I want to talk about is Ireland, right? So I obviously I'm a little bit biased being here in Ireland, um, and I, I I've talked about it. I'm not sure if they're out or before or after this, but I've talked about Ireland for PFL, um, Bellator, the UFC not so much. I, I don't think, but Ireland is a really important market for all of these guys, and I, I I've said it a few times now, and, and I I love quoting Luke Thomas's um, tweet where he said. The best of these promotions is shown when they're in front of an Irish crowd. And that was massively true for Bellator. We saw it for PFL a few weeks ago, 5,000 people, and the crowd 
you know, the, the noise is absolutely unbelievable. Um, you know, it's it really is true. And for cagers to get back to Ireland um, twice in 2023, and we'll get to that, it was massive for them. But also, they have another... We'll talk about that later on. They have another card book for Ireland. But to have Irish fighters, to have Kane and Ockren, to have Reese McKee, to have... Uh, you know who obviously went to the UFC, but to have him this year, and now to have the next band coming through, to have Paul Hughes and, and all that, I really think it's massive for them. Now, obviously, Irish owned with with Graham Boylan being from uh, from Cork. I I would say that Cage Warriors having two Irish cards this year was not enough. I think they should do more. I think they should do. Different cities in Ireland. It's hard to get venues. I know that you know they they get a lot of uh, fans and stuff, and ticket sales are very important for a place like Cage Wars. I think you know. I think more, more is better. I mean, maybe we'll talk about that towards the end when we look to the future. But I think Ireland is a very important market for Cage Wars. I think they came to the Tree Arena. I think they did well. I I, I actually think looking back on that, I think maybe people underestimated how well. Cage Warriors actually did and how many tickets they actually sold. Like PFL dropped their prices massively to sell a lot of tickets and they didn't sell that many more, I don't think, than Cage Warriors. So I think Cage Warriors, uh, if they have the right fight, if they have the right fighter, I think they'll possibly do the three arena again. I know they're going to the RDS and all that, but I think it was that was a success for them. Maybe monetarily it was very tough, but overall, I think it was a good year to get back into the Irish market. It was a good year to have a lot of Irish fighters, to sh- also to show a lot of Irish fighters that if you go through Cage Warriors, you'll end up in the UFC. Because for a while there, I remember I, uh, we had a, we did a podcast, we had Artiman, and he was kind of saying, no, that's not happening. You know, this, they're, they're being sold a bill of goods here and they're not actually going, well, 2023 changed that massively. And then it didn't change it, but it proved it. There's no doubt about it now. Like I mentioned, all those champions there that went, and you can throw in the likes of Oban Elliott uh, and a couple more as well who got opportunities. Um, Cage Warriors being that proven bat is just a fact. They're still that proven bat to go to the UFC, and twenty twenty three absolutely showed that again. Right, let's get into some of the events and and just go through maybe from the start to the finish. So, their first event was in uh, on the third of March. Um, in uh, San Diego at Cage Warriors one four nine, and um, they their uh, last event. I'm actually recording this uh, 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 one day before the Cage Warriors uh, San Diego event, so that will be their last event and arguably one of their best fights of the year. So maybe maybe I should have held off, but we got to get things done. So. A long year for Cage Warriors. You know, uh, it, it, there's a tendency for uh, for these uh, organizations to uh, start their year a, a little bit late. You know, obviously starting in March. I, I, this is this is the thing as well, right? I just wonder if there is maybe a little bit of an advantage to be taken there if you are, uh, you know, if you are a promotion. If you're especially like a UK based promotion, I think, like put on fights in January, put on fights in February. And I know people, you know, they've spent a lot of money at Christmas, maybe they don't have the money in January to go out to fights. But when they're, if you're an MMA fan and there's, you know, there's an event in January, I actually know my, my cousin actually reached out to me and go, My two sons are ba- massive MMA fans. Um, I want to buy him tickets for a show. And this was about a month ago. And I was like, Well, you know, there's no UFC announced for Dublin. Or she, she was like, Dublin or London. I was like, no, 
There's none of that. There's no PFL. There's, you know, nothing has been announced yet. I'll let you know. And then Cage Warriors announced the show for April. I said to her and she booked the tickets straight away. If Cage Warriors had a show for January, people would have bought tickets for their, their son or their daughter or their husband or their wife or whatever for that show in January. I think people are, Cage Warriors, other people are missing out on a big trick. I really think that. Anyway, uh, that's that's kind of become a team in this. The promotion starting there. But anyway, they started March 3rd, which was a bit into the year, over in uh, Cage Warriors 149. And Wilson Hayes. Wilson Hayes, right? As I said, you know, the, I'm more going to concentrate on the European side of it this year. But what what a run Wilson Hayes has been on for Cage Warriors. Like, he's now fought, uh, let me just look here, one, two, three, four times for Cage Warriors. His fifth time will be uh, have been done, hopefully, by the time this comes out. You know, he's won four of those fights, fought some good guys. Jeremy Lebiano, very good fighter. Thomas Granval, I've watched a good few of his fights. He's fought some top guys. Johnny Campbell as well. You know, Trevin Jones, obviously, last time up. But he, uh, you know, coming over from the UFC, you know, he, he, he moved around a little bit. But he seemed to have found a home now in cage wires. And it's been a great time for him. I think it's been a great placement for both of them. I think, like, the likes of see, even Kaelin Lockerman was calling him out. You know, fighting Ricky Bendeas. Now, th- these are very good fights for Cage Warriors. But, and to have a veteran like that, I think is really good for Cage Warriors. And I suppose elsewhere on, on that card and on a lot of the American cards, it's been about building younger guys. I see a lot of them even on, say, the, the uh, most recent one. A lot of like one and all guys, two and all guys. And you just wonder in a year or in 18 months' time, I wonder how many American 7-0, guys Cage Warriors will have and be able to send to the UFC too. So, smart business there by Cage Warriors. I, w- I wonder, will it uh, will it be able to be as successful, I suppose, as uh, as they were in, in the UK? But I suppose we'll only find out that... Uh, <laughs> we'll only find out that with, with time because it's it's very much not easy to do. You look at Cage Warriors and maybe think, you know, the, the system they have, the way they have of doing it is, you know, is, you know, you get to get the younger fighters, you sell, sell them that they're going to the UFC, and that's that. But not, not necessarily, you know. There's PFL are out there now with a lot of money. Um, you know, um, one championship are obviously tr- going to be trying to, to break their way into the UK market now. Octagon, KSW, and all of that's so up massive, I think. The first uh, UK event of the year was on March 17th, then Cage Warriors 150, and a guy. Headline this card, who I think, if we're looking forward to next year, uh, is, and I'm, I'm going to name, as, as I do with all of these, my, my Cage Warriors Fighter of the Year at the end of this, uh, if I remember, hopefully I do remember. This is a guy who I think, this time next year, my prediction for Cage Warriors Fighter of the Year is Jordan Vucinic. Um Such a good fighter. Just happened to come up against Paul Hughes in a couple of fights. Um, but I think Jordan Vucinic is well good enough to hold the title again. Um, especially, you know, Paul Hughes moves on and well good enough to get to the UFC. And I think it's a massive year for him. I think there'll only be a couple of fights for Jordan Wojcinek this year and I think he will be off to the UFC. Uh, He got a great win here to start off the year for Cage Wars. And this was a very good card, Cage Wars 150. It was obviously in London. And, you know, some of the people who had very good years or who are some of their top prospects got wins here. You know, Justin Burlinson, obviously, you know, we've we've seen the dalliances he's had with... um, Dana White Contender Series in the UFC and all, it's just not worked out for him, but he got a win here, Lanier, Kavanaugh, if people don't know Lanier, absolute top prospect, maybe he didn't get as many fights this year as he would have liked, or maybe it was injuries or whatever it might be, Jan Keegans got a win here who had a great year, and then, you know, Bagley, Elgin, 
uh, Wesley Meyer who went on to fight in, in uh, PFL and got a massive win there Armin Shaban as well starting it off for the Irish and uh, Daniel Skubinski beat Emil Brown and you know it was a very uh, different year for both of them maybe as we go on but we will talk about that but you look at that and you see the kind of the prospects they have there the guys you could look at say like an Omran Shaban would anyone be surprised if Omran fought for a title next year you know maybe in the next 18 months I don't think they would like Key Higgins fought for a title you know Wesley Maya, what he what he did in PFL was was absolutely fantastic. I wonder what will happen with him. And then near Kavanaugh, as I said, one of the best prospects in the world right now. I actually had him on um, my list of prospects for the year. I think if he'd fought a few more times, he would have been right up there, like as a worldwide emerging prospect. But still a bit young, still maybe not a, a little bit inexperienced. But next year he is definitely a guy people should be uh, should be thinking about. Um, 151 then came from the BT Sports Studio, the Unplugged card. And this was probably the the most intriguing, interesting Cage Warriors fight of the year. Mick Stanton beat Will Curry. And this was a fight enough people remember it, where there was a lot of wrestling. Will Curry seemed to be getting on top, but then Mick Stanton got Kimuras and sweeps and Kimuras and sweeps and ended up winning the fight because of it. He just kept dominating that position, kept winning that position and ended up winning the fight. It was an old school, tough, hard win for him there. You could say the same about Ali Sardari and Albert Diaz, two guys who've been around for a long time who got wins on that card, as did Matthew Bonner. So this was more of kind of the... Uh, the old school Cage Warriors guys are the guys who've been around for a while and, and maybe needed that win and uh, they got it on on this card um, it was uh, the very soon after that April 15th in, in Manchester George Hardwick fought Jan Lias before he went over to the, the Contender Series and this to me was you know arguably the in the most intelligent performance of the year in Cage Warriors uh, Jan Lias uh, coming into it I watched a good bit of him and got this guy is a real a real guy like he's absolutely a very good fighter he came in he threw his shots and Charge Hardy kind of just waited for him and then ended up picking him apart and finishing him all in a round it was a brilliant performance from George Hardy and again a guy who you know if he'd stayed in, in Cage Warriors might be the fighter of the year he's definitely still up there but he is a guy who I think um when when the book is written on George Hardwick's career, I think it'll look very different the way it is now. I'll just say it that way. I think he will get to the UFC. I, I'm, I think maybe another year in Cage Warriors, another two title fights, go in. I, th- I think that'll be it. And that, you know, that tends to happen. There's set, setbacks. Setbacks are setbacks. Like Sometimes people, you know, they see someone lose or they see, you know, someone something go badly for someone and... Like, oh, that's the end of them or whatever. Another example here, James uh, Power on this card. He won in this. We'll we talk about it later in the year. He ended up losing. But um, this guy is such a good fighter. Only a lot younger in his career than, than George Hardwick, but a very good athlete, very well-rounded fighter, and definitely one to look out for. Setback mightn't hurt him. Like, he beat Lucas Capetto, who's a very, very good fighter. Um, but there was... Cage Warriors put on a lot of these fights this year. The one under it, Dimitro Grelin beat Adam Cullen. You know? How many people expected that coming in? One. Um, another guy who's on this card who's right up there in my thinking for fighter of the year in Cage Warriors is Luke Riley. Um, you know, now we and all. We'll talk about him, maybe more of his fights in a second, but a great year for him. Probably the most exciting fight, fighter on Cage Warriors at the moment. Um... And for him to get a, a win here, you know, in 
in Manchester, which is not too far, obviously, from Liverpool. I wonder what Liverpool... You know, will there be more fights there? I know it's tough to put on fights apparently in Liverpool and all that, but they have they have another star there, you know, they had Paddy and all that. They always have people coming through the next gin gym. You know, that's massive for them as well, as massive I think as Ireland is. Um and then, you know, Chris Bunger got a win in this, Liam Giddens, who we'll we'll talk about more later on, or Linda Prince with a great win as well. Uh but Matters Firminas beat Alexi Mantikivi. Now Matters Firminas is uh is now in KSW, which I was a bit surprised at because I thought he was on the verge of a title shot. But again, another you know real top level, highly ranked Cage Warriors fighter that they have lost this year, and you know will need to to replace. I suppose, but he got a win on this card, didn't we? Went to Dublin for the first time, and this was a, a real special night in the Tree Arena. You know, from from the bottom to the top. I suppose it's look. It's been a tough enough year for Irish MMA in terms of, and a tough enough few years, I suppose, in terms of getting big wins and getting on big cards. But we had a lot of them on this one. You know, Kyle McLarkin from the North obviously won. Great night for Alexander O'Sullivan, who's been the you know the D top um, amateur in Ireland for a long time with with the likes of Solomon Simon. But Adam Shelley got back in the winaways again. Leon Hill got a win. Adam Darby got a win. Paddy McCarry and a few more as well. Dicky McAleen and you know there was a loss for James Sheehan, obviously to Oban Elliott. But you know Oban came in there and and put on a show. Morgan Charrier got a win. Obviously Ryan Shelley ended up losing to the Biasarilla. But the main event was Reese McKee. You know and that was a special moment. Like that's one of those fights that I think will go down in Irish history. Not, not that it was a classic fight or anything like that like Reese kind of dominated the fight but the fact he, he stopped him in his corner jumped into the cage you know I had interviewed Graham Boylan before that and convinced him to, to get someone to interview him and it was Dan Hardy in fact that went in and interviewed him and the crowd you know he, as I said jumped into the crowd it was it was just the perfect finish of a great night for Irish MMA and um, you know for Reese McKee you know, it's it, obviously he went to the UFC after this. He ended up losing a fight, but such like such a talented fighter. You would just hope that he can get one win in the UFC and then spring from that because you know he's been to the the mountaintop now in Cage Warriors twice. They're close to it the first time and at it this time, um, and he's such a good fighter. And it just hasn't fallen for him in the UFC yet. But again, shows that. Cage Warriors can not only produce fighters, but can reproduce fighters almost to get to the UFC. And this was a special night. This was, you know, this was probably the card of the year for Cage Warriors. In terms of maybe not all the best fights or maybe not, you know, the most ex- all the most exciting fights. Some very good fights on it, no doubt about it. But to put, go into a big arena like that, to sell it, you know, how many, three or four, five thousand tickets. You know, I'd say maybe around four thousand tickets. That's massive for Cage Warriors. And, uh, you know, I'm sure the arena is expensive and everything like that. But I, I, I hope it's not the last time they do it. Um, then they went to Italy and another big night for Irish MMA where Caelan Lochran beat Dylan Hazan. You know, this is what Cage Warriors is all about. You bring two prospects through you match him up and you see who's the better guy and Caelan Lockerham was by far the better guy on the line. Again, another guy who went to the UFC got a little bit unlucky, you know, um, losing out to uh, Taylor Lapis and fighting fucking Taylor Lapis. To be honest, uh, you know, with uh, Caelan only, what, nine, ten fights into his career fighting a guy like Lapis who... Look, we all know she should never have been cut from the UFC. Should probably be a ranked UFC provider right now and Ken Lockard's getting thrown in against him. Anyway, this fight at a 154 against Dylan Hazan, a brilliant win, a dominant win for Kaelin Lockard. And again, you know, Irish guys holding the belts for Cage Warriors is an important thing, I think. And it was a great win for him. Um, uh, also, you know, on this card, a, a few future title uh, one future title holder but a future title contender as well kind of emerged Darren Stewart 
Billy and Aliou, you know, a bit of a shock there. I think Giannis Bashar got a win in this uh, carriage. Uh, Gerardo Fanny, former champion Sam Creasy as well. Dario Bellandi. So there's a lot of names emerging, I suppose, at this time of the year to go on to later in the year. Um, then we'd 155 in San Diego as well with Kyle Driscoll, who is kind of the, the guy over there, I suppose, you know, uh, and, and earned himself what we'll see uh, later on. But John Jesus also on that card. Roberto Hernandez, who's fought now a few times for Cage Warriors uh, as well. Um, and 156 was in Wales. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm actually just after doing a, a podcast there with one of my, my Welsh counterpart, Harry Powell. And uh, MMA in Wales is like thriving, really, isn't it? They're producing some very good fighters. You know, you see when the events go there, they do very well. And I think, you know, this card, this card probably didn't deliver in the way Cage Warriors would have wanted it to. I'm sure they would have wanted, you know, I think someone was supposed to be atop this and there was an injury. Um, obviously, um, you know, a couple of lads coming back from the UFC as well are supposed to be on this card. It just didn't end up happening. But Darren Short in the main event being Matthew Bonner. Uh, Reese McEwen got a good win. Andy Clamp looked good on this as well. Jack Elgin got another win. Milada Hadi, Scott Pedersen, you know, so a good night, I suppose, for Cage Warriors at, uh, at 156. Um, and 157 then, Mick Stanton and James Webb in the middleweight division. And this middleweight division, you know, for Cage Warriors has always produced good fights, always produced good fighters. Obviously, James Webb, a former champion, but Christian Leroy Duncan, um, as well as there being there thereabouts, you know, obviously Will Curry on the way up and, and many more uh, besides down through the years. And I think, you know, th- this fight was a little bit controversial for me and with with this, the, not necessarily the stoppage, but the way the fight went, you know, the, Webb was winning pretty well. Then Stanton kind of knocked him down. And then, you know, there was... You know, I, I don't want to criticize Mark Goddard too much, but I think there was just a little bit too much interference in there. It probably would have been, you know, probably McStanden could have finished it anyway and probably would have finished it anyway. But, you know, there was there was a bit on that. And I, I, I hope, you know, I hope that in the last run for James Webb, because he's a very good fighter and, and a guy who, um, you know, seemed to level up physically and, and technically this year. And, and you'd like to see him back. Vucinic also got another win here, as did Morgan Sharia. And I mentioned him earlier. This is a great year for Sharia, and I think a lot of people looked at him and looked at Paul Hughes and go, well, Sharia is getting these fights, he's getting these wins, and he got to the UFC, whereas Paul Hughes just wasn't able to get the fights, was kind of maybe holding out for the UFC, it didn't happen, and then he had to fight towards the end of the year, it was a tough one. Um, uh, Fluminas beats Kibinski here, Luke Riley got another win, Harry Hardwick as well has put himself right in contention, Will Curry got back to win ways, as did Emil Brown, who beat Jesse Holland. Arguably the um, upset of the year in Cage Warriors. I was 100% sure, sure Jesse O'Holland was winning that fight, uh, but he, he, he in fact didn't. Was he might got another win. Liam Gittins got a, a great win here as well, um, as did Takamandu, who, who kind of bounced back after a, a tough enough year, I suppose, the, the year before. But, um, you know, a, a real a real top win there for uh, for him. Um, they were back then to, to Rome for 158. And, you know, Myself and Brad have talked about Rome a good few times now on uh, on the previews and things, and it's been really good for them. You know, it, it feels like France, Italy, uh, Ireland, and obviously the UK as well are, are their home bases now, and it's a real good home base for kids. And home base is wrong, but like to have bases, home bases all over Europe 
is it can only be an advantage and you know they have some good fighters unfortunately in the main event I suppose Shashak beat Martignoni who was coming down to give uh, you know he, he was the 135 pound champion he gave I suppose Dylan Hazan the opportunity to fight Kel Locker and that didn't end up winning uh, he ended up didn't end up winning as didn't Martignoni if that makes sense grammatically so maybe that wasn't the best decision in the world but Belandi got the win here in the middleweight division as well Mason Jones came back here whose name I couldn't remember earlier on but he was supposed to be on that Welsh card didn't happen um leon hill got a win here who's on a great run dan juice as well so um you know the rome cards have been big for them as well um was back to san diego and in for our next card the, the one i mentioned earlier where uh trevin jones beat wilson hayes uh again john jesus roberto hernandez and this these cards seem to be uh on all of their cards which is, is very very good um and in 160 again i, I mentioned um Upsets of the years, James Hinden beating Tobias Cirilla. Like, Tobias Cirilla was supposed to be on Dana White and Hinden series, if I'm not mistaken. I thought he'd get to the UFC, but Hinden came in here, and he uh, he won the fight. There was an arm injury on the third round, but a great great win for Hinden there. Matthew Bonner uh, got a win in this card. Luke Riley, again, got a win. Um, Adam Shelley, bounce back. Oh, what a bounce back year. If you're, to, if you're to talk about the bounce back fighter of the year in Cage Warriors in 2023, Adam Shelley has to be. What a run he's been on. Um, you know, a lot of people, you know, roll him off and goes, look, hey, you're 2-2 two and two in your career now. You know, but he's won. He won a fight at the, the back in the last year. Won two fights this year. You know, one stoppage and one very good uh, decision win as well. So what a year it's been for uh, for Adam Shelley. You know, his brother has, has had a tough year, but for Adam, very, very good year. Then they came back to Dublin, and big news, Paul Hughes headlined this card, went up away a class for the interim title against Yankee Higgins, and decimated him in under three minutes. Um, I think it's enough for Paul Hughes to get a nomination for Fighter of the Year. Um it's been it's been such a time for Paul Hughes. Like Paul Hughes is is one of those guys, right, who's done everything in Cage Warriors, right? He's fought all the guys on the way up. There's been a couple of champions there who, you know, Mads Brunel back in the day who he wanted to fight, ended up moving on, didn't get that opportunity, but then got, you know, the big fights against Sharia Vucinic, ended up losing the fight, but came back and you you lose a fight, right? to a guy like Jordan Vucinic who is a top prospect who's only going to improve all the time and then you fight him two years later and you give him I, I, I was trying to convince the lads last year for beatdown of the year in 2022 he didn't win it but it, it was the beatdown of the year in 2022 he beat him to a pulp like literally and I, I've no disrespect to Jordan uh, Vucinic I literally just said earlier on he should be in the UFC he's good enough but that tells you how good Paul Hughes is and the fact that he didn't get picked up by the UFC the fact that he's still in cage whereas you know if you're if I was Paul Hughes I'd be like what have I got to do and you know he did an interview with myself and he kind of said look he did get the opportunities from the UFC visa issues once uh, injury I think another time there was something else as well so uh, you can understand better than why maybe Paul Hughes didn't get, you know, as maybe down as some of the Irish MMA supporters and all of that. So he came back here and looked fantastic. Destroyed Key Higgins um, and gave the Irish MMA fans a win they really needed. You know, it was um, it was another night that was that was good for Irish MMA. You know, James Sheen got a win. Takamandu got a win. Jared Harris, who's a top prospect coming through as well, got a win, as as did Solomon Simon uh, and others. Um, 
you know, Mason Jones obviously popped back on this card as well. It's been a very good year for Mason Jones. He beat Lan Yan, uh, Yan Lias, and you're, you'd assume he'd be fighting for a title at some stage next year as well. But the two Dublin cards very much delivered. The, the top was was very much very good for Ulster MMA and Irish MMA and uh, we'll see what happens with Paul Hughes and we'll, we'll talk about that maybe in a second but they were back to Rome then uh, in October as we're coming towards the end of the year uh, Demetrio Grelu got the win over Patrizzi with um, Simeon Diala beating Albert Diaz Leon Aliu got back to winning ways Sam Creasy got back uh, to winning ways as well uh, on that card then we move on to 163 in London and you know, knockout of the year, in my opinion, Janice Bashar, I called it on the preview show before, and that left hook over Emil Brown. You know, we talked about James Sheehan earlier on. He is a win over Emil Brown. If Emil had won that, that would probably be the no brainer headliner next year. Will it be the headliner next year? Janice Bashar against James Sheehan in Dublin. We'll see about that. I think it makes a lot of sense. But will Curry. Got back to winning ways here. He's a guy I think who needs to get to winning ways for Cage Warriors. Um, you know, and Figlak, Matthias Figlak got back as well here with a win. Teddy Stringer got a win on this card, as did Adam Darby, who's another top Irish prospect coming through. And then 164 uh, from, uh, from Newcastle. And here is my fighter of the year. It's Liam Gittins. He won the Bantamweight title. He beat Reese McEwen. And what a year it's been for Liam Gittins. Beat Rory Evans, finished him. Uh, beat uh, Jean Elan Kulama, finished him. And win five rounds or Reese McHugh. And I, I think he won I think he won 49, 46 in all three judges cards. I'm not mistaken. Something around that anyway. A wonderful, a wonderful, wonderful performance. Honestly, it was nip and tuck between him and Luke Riley. Um, you know, Luke Riley won three fights as well. Two decisions, one one knockout, but put on some really fun fights. But I think that belt just sealed it for me for Liam Gittins. I really did. He was a wonderful win here. But uh, Dario Bellandi as well, like he he was there thereabouts. He, what a year he has had, you know, beating Mick Stanton here as well. Um, and, you know, that card was pretty good. I mentioned Orlando Prince earlier on, Milana Hadi. They both got extra wins here as well. And, you know, Chris Bungard, a good year for him, a great year for Darren Stewart. Great year for a lot of the the comeback fighters, I suppose, in Cage Warriors as well, as well as the up-and-coming fighters. But my uh, Cage Warriors fighter of the year is, is Liam Gittins, and I think well-deserved uh, on that one. So the future for Cage Warriors... Let's talk about that for a second before we go. With Cage Warriors, the future is probably uh, more certain than uh, than everywhere else because you look at Cage Warriors and you look at their upcoming events. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Hold on, have I more? 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Now, some of them are Cage Warriors Academy shows and all, but... There's a lot of events coming up for Cage Warriors. A lot of things to look forward to if you're a Cage Warriors fan. And it's absolutely brilliant. I think they've set out their stall with, you know, Cage Warriors 166 uh, is the first card of next year over in um, over in San Diego. And they have their cards announced all the way up to Cage Warriors 172 in May. So that's fantastic. You know, you can plan your year. If you're in Newcastle, if you're in Glasgow, if you're in Dublin, you want to get your tickets. I love that. I really, really, really like that. And I think other promotions... You know, could do a similar thing. So for Cage Warriors, the future, I think there needs to be a couple of things done. Concentrate on the Irish market, go there more. Hopefully you can get Paul Hughes for Cage Warriors' point of view to fight more. Hopefully you can push another guy, Jer Harris, um, uh, James Sheehan, being maybe the first two guys that, that come to mind, but I'm sure there's a few more, like Omer and Shaban as well. Leon Hill getting him back to win the ways, I think would be big for them as well. But... 
to bring through the guys like Luke Riley, you know, to to bring through Agrilio, James Power coming back up, uh, Lanier Kavanagh. That's all cage warriors need to do. Do the same thing they've been doing for years and years and years, and they will prosper and they will. People will respect them and people will know that when you win a cage warriors belt or you go on a run in cage warriors, that is a sign of a good fighter. And um, I think I'll leave it there because that's all that needs to be said about cage warriors. Great promotion. I have the utmost respect for them, the way they, they hold themselves, the way they do things, um, and what they produce. There's no doubt in it. All right, I'll leave it there. My name is Sean Chien for Shardog.com and I'll see you all next time.